0: sing a song like, I can't breathe without you. I mean, when I, when, when, when I was singing this song today, the first time in the first service, I asked myself the question, but well, you have been breathing. Are you sure you are not just being, you know, being emotional, I can't breathe without you, you can breathe. But at the same time, I had to remind myself that somebody put the breath in my nostril, and that's why I can breathe. Because sometimes it feels like you know, there are many things you can do without God. Yeah. And because he gave us the capacity to do a lot of things without him, then we think we can do everything without him. And that puts a big question mark on our sense of dependency. Yeah. Our sense of dependency on God. And you can't be a devoted follower of Jesus Christ without a big sense of dependency on, on him. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Yeah, that's how he wants to operate. And that's why some people are not maximizing their relationship with God. Because you want him to be Lord of some, and he wants to be Lord of all. And that's why from time to time we borrow the wisdom of this world when it's convenient. And when it's convenient, we we'll lash onto the wisdom of God. Whereas God wants your true hands to be holding on to his wisdom all the time. Because your life depends on it. Your real life depends on it. Glory be to Jesus. I want to welcome everyone to church uh, this morning, almost going to afternoon. And if you're joining us online, please stay with us and enjoy the grace that God has made available and his blessings that he has made available over this service as we teach and preach the word of God this afternoon. I trust that your week has gone very well. And I pray that this new week is coming with new blessings. That God will visit you at every point of need. In the precious name of Jesus. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night. May endure for a night. But in the morning joy comes. I decree this week is the the week where the morning of joy will come to somebody. Where there shall be a divine turnaround in every situation. In the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, Say better. Amen then let me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor I really care about you. you. And ask them, how are you doing? doing? Tell your neighbor, say, this week, week. God will show up for you. you. Say, if there's anything you want me to pray about, you you can tell me before the service is over. I will pray concerning it for you. If you are too shy to, to say it, write it down. Push it to me. Say, push it to me. Say, I'm your keeper. I care about you. All right? That, that's, very, you see, that's very convenient if you're sitting beside your spouse. But, but you know, but if not, you, you, you then start to think about it very well. But this is what church is all about. It's what church is all about. Yeah. This is what church is all about. And which is that we can really, you know, from our heart, care about people. Church is a leveler, because you don't know who you're sitting beside, yeah, especially in this kind of church, where we don't have special seating, yeah, no leather seats for anybody, you know, we level the ground very well, (laughs) you understand, so every all of us we are are, are children of God, God is blessing all of us together. Praise God. And so you can sit beside someone and uh, God can lay something in their heart concerning you. They can tell you. They can pray with you. They can. It's a spiritual atmosphere. There's blessings flowing everywhere. And you need to be aware of that when you come into church. Praise God. I said praise God. If you're not here last Sunday, we started a, a series of teachings that were tagged, the seven commandments of foolishness. Uh, it's a teaching on the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. And so, for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the operations of God's wisdom. And we have decided to scope it around what we call the seven commandments of foolishness. Uh, We got that from the title of a book that I wrote in 2012, um, which is still available, the revised version. And I realized that the average member of the Elevation Church is not, you know, um, aware of the resource, this particular resource. And that's why we decided to just teach through it, uh, you know, for the next few weeks and, you know, help us to glean the resource there. And then we can then uh, pick up the material, read it, pass it across to somebody else, use it in small groups, use it in discussions, you know, just uh, because this is practical wisdom from the Word of God. Praise God. And last Sunday, we started, you know, from the anchor scripture and uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and uh, verse 5 to 9, uh, uh, which says, get wisdom, get understanding. Uh, do not forget, not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, says she will preserve you. That wisdom preserves our lives. Love her and she will keep you. It says wisdom is the principal thing, the main thing, the most important thing. Yeah, because the wisdom, when we talk about the wisdom of God, we're talking about Christ himself. Because in First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 the Bible says uh, that the Jews seek for sign. The Greek, they, 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 uh, they look for uh, wisdom. But it said to everyone who is saved or who believes, Christ has been made to us the wisdom of God and the power of God. So in the New Testament, Christ is our wisdom. Jesus is our wisdom. That's why the Bible says in the Old Testament, uh, uh, Solomon writing this, he said wisdom is the principal thing. And then Jesus came and said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. D D the, the way, the truth, the life. Principal thing. Yeah, that's why I said wisdom is the principal thing. So whenever you see wisdom in the Old Testament, you can simply put Christ there. So if I want to read this passage, verse seven of Proverbs chapter seven, I can say Christ is the principal thing. Therefore, get Christ, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Now you're getting, get understanding. But there's a practical side to Christ. There is a power side to Christ. That's why the Bible talks, uh, First Corinthians 1.18 that I uh, uh, recited earlier on. It said, the Jews seek for signs. The Greek, they seek wisdom or knowledge. But to us who believe, Christ has been made to us the wisdom of God And the power of God. The wisdom of God. And the power of God. The wisdom of God. And the power of God. So. uh, I want you to understand something. When we talk about. The wisdom of Christ. There's a practical side to it. That practical side. Is. Is what we are looking at through this message of the seven commandments of foolishness. And last Sunday, we dealt with the first commandment of foolishness. We dealt with the character of God's wisdom. If you are not here, get the message from James chapter 3, from verse 13 uh, to 15. The fact that there's a character of God's wisdom. There are different kinds of wisdom. The Bible talks about the wisdom of this world, the wisdom which is sensual, which is demonic the wisdom which is not from above. And there are many books out there that have been written on the wisdom of this world. How to be streetwise. How to be smart. And how to ask smart people or smart competition and all that. But the wisdom that is from above is above all that. It will yield stronger results. I mean, the wisdom of this world is good. The only thing is that if you live your life only by the wisdom of this world, you will be crossing the line of God's wisdom and you will know because you are so fixated on the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world will deliver material possession but cannot deliver eternity. Yeah. But the wisdom that is from God will deliver both to you. Yeah. Will deliver both to you. That's why you need to pay attention the wisdom that is from above, which the Bible says is is pure. is peaceable. It's easily entreatable. That's what the scripture says about the wisdom that is from above. I wanted to get a message of last week. We also talked about the first commandment of foolishness, which is thou shalt not think. We spoke extensively on the reason why um, a thinking person is the only person that can source the wisdom of God. On Wednesday at Switch, I prayed about another commandment of foolishness, which is, thou shalt not be serious. And we looked at the four characteristics of an unserious person. That's the kind of message you should should listen to, and not only listen to, buy for a friend. Especially a friend that is smelling of foolishness. Yeah, you don't have to say anything. Just say, go and listen to this message. Your life will change. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) You know some people, you don't have to come close the way things are happening around them you can smell it from afar that foolishness is abounding yeah and they need a shot of god's divine wisdom this afternoon we're going to be looking at another commandment of foolishness which is what i call if it feels good do it i want you to me look at your neighbor and say if it feels good don't do it <laughs> Maybe not all the time, but most of the time. Most of the time. It's important for us to note that if one is to stay within the confines of foolishness, one must base all decisions on the emotion of the moment. If one is to stay within the confines of foolishness, you must base all decisions, not some, All decisions on the emotions of the moment. All decisions on the emotions of the moment. And that, in essence, when you look at it, from impulse spending, to one night stands, to quickie marriages, and even quicker divorces, all are premised on this commandment. In and out kind of lifestyle. Do this quickly. Do that quickly. Do what feels good. Do what resonates with the emotion of the moment. If you feel like walking out on somebody, just walk out. That's what you feel like. Yeah. If you feel like slapping somebody, just slap. Yeah. If you feel like washing somebody down, go ahead. And some people will even say it I just said my mind. Me, I said my mind. Yeah. I don't care whether my father-in-law is there. I just say my mind. Yeah. And you smell foolishness from afar when people talk like that. Yeah, uh, I, I, just, I just say my mind. Yeah, I would say, oh, your boss was there. And so what? I have to say my mind. Yeah. That's how I felt that time. I just felt like I have to say my mind. So I, say, I just told them my mind. I, I didn't care whether my MD was present. Yeah, that's, that's the promotion. just went outside of the window. Just like that. <laughs> Because the Bible says it's only a fool that says everything. <laughs> yeah? Let's quickly look through the Bible and see a character that embodies what we're discussing today. This commandment of foolishness. I need to pay uh, very good attention. I know some of us have probably even had lunch. And the lunch may be worrying you. You know what I mean? It's when it starts to settle down. Please don't settle down. You need to Pay attention in this direction. (laughs) If it's only breakfast you have had, I don't have any issue with you. But some people, especially for this third service, they like to take care of themselves before coming. Praise God. Some people are not finding that funny. (laughs) Genesis chapter 25. Genesis 25. I read from Verse 29 down to 34. We are reading the story of Esau, the father of all Edomites. Now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. I wanted to keep that in the part of your mind, that the fact that he was weary. Because everything that happened afterwards was premised on that emotion that the Bible described as being weary that feeling of weariness was what brought about this whole transaction. It's a feeling of the moment. At this point, Esau was weary. And on the premise of this feeling of weariness, this transaction ensued. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with the same red stew for I am weary. He emphasized it again. The reason why I need this rest to you is because I am weary. It is the feeling of this moment that is making, that's make, making me, you know, demand this rest to you. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Yeah. Edom. Edom, There means uh, red or red stew. Red, yeah. yeah. Just likes red. Yeah because, uh, sorry, but Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. How many people agree with me that this conversation was supposed to end here? If you agree with me, can I see a wave of hand? Yeah. But it's because we have the wisdom of God. Yeah, That's why you know that this is, this transaction was supposed to end here. Esau Exalted the feeling of weariness beyond the importance of his birthright that was providential that heaven gave to him not because of anything but because he came out first. And this guy said, "The emotion of the moment is I'm weary, I need something to eat." And somebody capitalized on it and immediately said. Give me your battery, right, then you get it. At that point, if not for the spirit of Edom that rested upon him, all he was supposed to say is that, don't worry, don't worry, I'm okay, just go. Yeah. We'll see you another time. God bless you. Let's go. And you'll be telling him, yeah. that's what you should be telling In Yoruba, that means, uh, um, what does it mean? I'm sorry, all non-Yoruba-speaking people, I apologize. I didn't know where that came from. But please help me. It means greed. Yeah. So Esau was supposed to be walking away and saying, greed is worrying you. Just red stew. You're asking for bad, rights. What's your problem? And he would just walk away. You know what he did? The spirit of Edom, spirit of red stew, <laughs> rested upon him and his response, you must know from this response that something must be wrong. Something must be wrong. And he said, look, I'm about to die. The moment you start to exaggerate your situation, you are selling out to the devil. Yeah. Start to exaggerate. You see, as a counselor, I sit with people a lot. And the moment I see somebody exaggerating a situation in my heart, I'm already binding the devil. Because we can't make any meaningful headway until the person sees that this situation is not this bad. It's not this bad. Yeah, the Bible says there's no temptation that is taking you such as is not common. Say God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted. More than that which you can bear. And in every temptation, He will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's what the scripture says. When the devil wants to deal with somebody, one of the first things he does is to make, it, make you believe that your situation is terrible, is horrible. Esau said, if I don't eat this rest you, I will die. How many people in their adult life have you seen, not even died, that fainted because they skipped one meal? But the devil magnified that emotion of the moment for Esau to the point that he saw it as, if I don't have this one, that will be the end of my life. So I'm about to die. So what is this bat right to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. Sharp guy. Let's seal this deal now. Because in, in those days in Israel, and hope is the end; is the confirmation of anything. Just swear now. Yeah. See, the moment Esau swore, God was bound to give that thing to Jacob. So all this one, I would say. And uh, Jacob used cunning power to collect. No, this guy gave it. Yeah. That Jacob had to put something on his body the day Isaac was to pronounce the blessing. Is just a means to an end. The end was determined this day. Yeah, this was the day the end was determined because he gave it to him willingly, he swore to his brother, you can have it have the birthright, you are now the firstborn of this family people are selling their birthrights on a daily basis, under the control of the spirit of Edom which is the spirit that says it's my life, I live it anyhow I like, yeah anything I like, that's what I do We live in an age where the spirit of Edom, you know, the Bible talks about in the last days, it said perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of themselves. Yeah, that's the spirit of the end time. Part of the spirit of the end time is the spirit of Edom, which is the spirit that operated over Esau. That's why the younger generation even has to be extremely careful. The millennials, extremely careful. Because the spirit of Edom is out there. It's, 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 it's covered in freedom. Yeah. And rights, that's how it is covered. Listen, gentlemen, don't get me wrong. I'm not against human rights. But you see, there's a way I can stretch my rights. And I won't know that it's the spirit of Edom that is now operating. Because it's my right to do anything I like. It's my right, for instance, to sit anywhere in this church. I can look to an usher and say, For what? I want to sit on the stage. Yeah. You know, that one, we'll know that there's a need for medical attention. Yeah. But I'm just using it as an example. See how you, you reacted. That's how, you see, this looks absurd. But when some people discuss some of the things they feel free to do to you, and they don't see that it's absurd, then you wonder how they stretch the freedom of expression, stretch the freedom of this, freedom of that, The thing that people don't understand is that freedom itself is not free. That is what is called the burden of freedom. There's a burden that freedom puts on you. It is called responsibility. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. When a child is 18, especially in the more developed parts of the world, and the child says, I don't want to listen to any instruction again. And the father says, that means you get your own house. And you buy your car. That's the burden of freedom. You pay your bills. That's the burden of freedom. You take responsibility for yourself. Many people want freedom, but they don't want responsibility. Yeah. Don't want responsibility, but we want freedom. And that's the problem here. If it feels good, do it. Have you thought about the consequences? Of acting on what feels good. Because that's taking responsibility for your action. When the spirit of edom is upon somebody, they take decisions that have far reaching effect, but that decision is only based on the emotion of the moment. Meanwhile, the scripture says, for instance, said be angry but see not. And let not the sun come down on your wrath. Be angry. And, that means I can be angry. That's the emotion. That's the feeling. But I can decide my action still. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? In the New Testament, the writer of the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 12, when you read verse 16 and 17, kind of portrayed that Genesis 25 story in a way for New Testament believers to understand it. In uh, verse sixteen of Hebrews chapter twelve, he said, "Make sure that no one." New Living Translation. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless, like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn, firstborn son, for a single meal. Make sure. That no one is immoral or godless. It is possible to be a Christian, be in a church like this, and still be godless. And that is when there's no absolute dependency on God. And you don't source wisdom from him. And you use your own wisdom. And you operate by, if it feels good, do it. I don't know if somebody's following me today. Yeah, if it feels good, do it. Don't forget that Esau, was in the lineage of Abraham, under the same covenant. And the Bible still calls him godless. is <laughs> you know, it's a contradiction in terms to call a Jewish person godless. God caught a covenant with Israel. And all Jews are part of that covenant. But that covenant can be nullified or suspended in the instances that the person has decided that I'm going to live my life by the emotion of the moment. That was why the the, the writer of the book of Hebrews called Esau. In the King James Version, he said, a profane person and an adulterer. In this translation, he says, immoral and godless. That's why we need to be careful. We need to be careful. That we are not allowing our feelings to run our lives. Feelings are good. There are little decisions without far-reaching implications that can be made on just how I feel. But decisions that will affect destiny cannot be made based on feelings. The wonder of living by feelings is that you never have to endure anything. Never have to endure anything. Esau couldn't endure that weariness until he made his own food. That's the wonder of living by feeling. You don't have to endure anything. The most critical word here is endure or endurance. If you want to escape living by feeling, you must, it must register with you that I have to endure some things in life. I have to be able to endure some things in life. So things like persistence, commitment, and resistance will never be experienced if you are going to live by feelings. Yeah. You escape completely from any form of endurance or any form of commitment or resistance. That's why, I mean, today, commitment is very shallow. People get into marriage and one year they are out. They can't endure it. It's okay. What do is, it? "Me, um, I can't live like that. No. no, no, no. No, it's not working for me. It's not, you know. No, pastor, it's not working. It's not working. So, okay. He said, So, what are we going to do now? No, I, I just move on. I move on. Yeah. You, you know the way people say it today? Pastor, I want out. To where? <laughs> you understand? I want out. And I wonder, you know, so, and some things now sound normal. <laughs> and that's the spirit of Edom. No endurance. You know, to want to, you know, to endure anything. I'm worried and I'm worried and it's okay and let's move on. So, we're moving on. To your tent, to Israel. That's how people want to operate. even marriages today is the spirit of Edom. Yeah, you see, young people go to work somewhere and they say, "I, I don't like my boss. I'm not going on Monday." I send him an email to say I've resigned. You can imagine, and you want to build a career like that. Yeah, young people, please listen to me. You can't build anything that will last like that. You don't like your boss. That's why God placed him there. And deal at Look at his face. Yeah. As he's bringing down your neck, be telling yourself it's good for me. What is the purpose of grace if all conditions are going to be favorable? Yeah. There's no need for grace. Paul said, for this thing I besought the Lord three times, that he may take this. This thing that buffet my body that I may take and God said my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in your weakness that's the purpose of grace yeah when there are things to be endured that's when we need grace yeah that's when we need grace but the spirit of idom says escape escape run away it's not necessary that's what the spirit of idom says just let the emotion of the moment drive your decision Nothing can be further from the truth. This is the misconception. I am what I feel, and my truth is the truth. Among young people today, young people feel that my feeling is me. So if I feel bad about it, that means a bad thing. It's a bad situation. And if I feel good about it, it's good, even if it's bad. That's why, even in terms of slangs, they call good things bad. Yeah. You know, when something is really good, say, that, that was bad. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. So, I am not my feeling. That's what I'm trying to say. And my truth may not always be the truth. My truth may not always be the truth. It's my truth. It doesn't make it the truth. You know, that's an exercise I've carried out in all the services today. Which is when I tell people, "Everyone, let's do it together. Can you point at the north, the north. Point at north, now, north. Yeah. <laughs> point now, point. point. Yeah. So people are shy. they don't want to do it too, because they don't. <laughs> Point at the north. So I see some people doing like this. So I see they are breakdancing, you know <laughs> Yeah. For some people, it's like they're dancing shocky. <laughs> Something like that. Because I, I can't see where you're pointing to. Some people are just saying, Yeah, do it. Is that you're pointing like this, you're pointing like this, or you're pointing, you know, all the directions? Yeah, thank you. I can see all kinds of hands going in different directions. There are so many knots in this room. Yeah, yeah. some people's knot is here. Because I see many people pointing like this, and some people are pointing at me, and they are not. But you know notwithstanding where you where you pointed to, if we bring a real compass out now that is well calibrated, we'll get the real knot. Does your own knot nullify that knot? Which one is the real knot? That one. Simple. (laughs) My truth will not always be the truth. It's my truth because it makes me feel good. But the truth remains the same. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not a truth. When you put your truth beside the truth, if it's not in alignment, get it in it. Yeah. That's how not to be an Edomite. The Edomite says my truth is the truth all the time. And my truth is based on how I feel about the situation. So they live by feelings and feelings alone. And feelings alone. And feelings alone. To refuse to live only by your feelings, you must do a few things. One, gain control of your emotions through the help of the Holy Spirit. Because self-control is one of the fruits of your spirit. That's what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 from verse 22 to 26. But the fruit of the Spirit, one of it, is self-control. Yeah. Self-control. So, you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, the Bible says, those are the sons of God. It's not my... In, in simple issues, you know, inconsequential issues, feeling can be Engaged to make decisions. Yeah. I'm just feeling good today. I want to, I want to just be colorful. Just wear color. So far, it's not against the dress code in your office. Yeah, especially when you're coming to church. There's no dress, there's no color code, so just wear color. Wear. that's that's you can make that kind of decision with your feeling. Yeah. But to be standing in front of your boss and you don't like him, and you are feeling that. I don't want to call it hatred, but lack of lack, likeness. <laughs> You're feeling it so much, and you feel like talking, and you just talk. Yeah, That kind of allowing your feeling to lead you has put your career into jeopardy. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's the definition of foolishness. Yeah. If it feels good, I do it. So gain control of your emotions through the help of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, practice endurance by keeping Your eyes peeled on the bigger picture. One of the key words you must leave this service with today is what? Endurance. Let me look at your neighbor and say endurance. Endurance. In fact, look at somebody, either call them brother or sister, endurance. Endurance is extremely important if you will Live above your feelings. The practice of endurance by keeping your eyes peeled on the bigger picture. Your goal, your, you know, your objective. Seek to practice delayed gratification. And embrace what I call the inconvenience of endurance. The inconvenience of endurance. In Hebrews chapter 12, you read verse 2. The Bible talks about Jesus there. Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him, said, so looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. See that word endurance there again. Endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What are you enduring today? If you are enduring nothing, that means you are not seeing any truth. You are not seeing anything. Whatever you are seeing, if it's strong enough, good enough for your destiny, you must endure something to be able to get there. Many young people today just want, they, they don't focus on how God is going to establish them. And let me tell you something, one of the major graces upon this church, this commission, is the grace for divine establishment. If you have been coming here for a while and you don't have any tree, that is growing, that will bring something for you in your future. You are not maximizing the grace that we have here. Yeah. When is the right time to plant a tree? When? Now. Or even yesterday. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Here, we, 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 we plant trees. We dig wells. I'm going to talk more about that in the month of November, when we're into enterprise development and career development. We plant trees, we dig wells. We don't do small stuff. That's the grace that we carry. We don't do touch and go. Many young people today just want to, you know, do something, do small things, just run like endless chicken, evil spirits all over the place. Just, you understand? You need to establish yourself. God establishes his own people based on the covenant. The covenant is for divine establishment. It's like planting a tree. It brings forth for you for the rest of your life. That's the plan of God for all of his children. The only problem is that you plant something, allow it to blossom, So it can continue to eat from it, it requires endurance. Yeah. If your career is five years old, just five years, ask yourself, have I planted? Or is this just a touch and go thing? Some people are not even focused on anything that will last. It's just, where's money now? Let's go and make it. And when we finish spending it, we'll make another one. And we just, you know, we just move like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely important. This is not the kind of church that you just come and just live like that. Can't live like a security guard. No skill. If you have a security guard in Nigeria, there's no skill acquired. Yeah. No real tangible skill. Yeah. Anytime I have the opportunity of speaking to anybody in security around me, I ask them what do you really want to do? Because I see that most of, everyone that I've spoken to, they tell me, this is a means to an end. Yeah. So, can you get real skills? Yeah, like carpentry? Yeah, like sewing? You know, real skill that you can run with to the end of your life. That's what I'm talking about. So that we know you for that. You can't be known as a gate man because there's no skill, just open and close Anybody can do it. Electronics, they use electronics for it now. Just open, and that kind of job is soon going to be completely wiped out over a period of time. As the minimum wage goes up, there's some job that will just go, visual out, because we can't afford it again. Yeah. And people will use electronics and robotics to do those jobs. So, don't be like that. Your own may not be great man. It's that you just look for something big. Do Make big money and move on. But you are not known for anything. Isn't there are many people in Nigeria like that. They have money, but they are not known for anything. Yeah. We can't say this is the tree they have planted. This is the well they have dug. Isaac dug a well. Jacob went from that well. Abraham dug a well. Isaac made the well. Practice endurance. That's what I'm saying. Talk more about that another time, but practice endurance. 2 Timothy chapter uh, 2 and verse 3, the Bible says that you must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. Endure hardship. So therefore, you therefore must endure what? Hardship as good soldiers of Christ. That's what makes us real good soldiers. And you can only talk about hardship when you decide to overlook the feeling and the emotion of the moment and say I'm going to stick to this marriage. I'm going to stick to this business. I'm not going to just lock it up and pack it out. I'm not going to just run away. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to endure hardship. That's what grace is meant for. It's to deal with adversity. Because this one too will come to pass. The last two I'll say is that be accountable. Be accountable. accountable. Put accountability structures around you. If you want to live above your feelings, you have to be accountable. If you read Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 to 16, you get some wisdom from there. Because of time I may not uh, uh, go into that fully. And lastly, learn to say no. Yeah, learn to say no. Let me look at your neighbor and just tell your neighbor no. Use them for practice. Just say no, no. Look at somebody else, somebody else. Somebody who has not given you attention since the service started. Just tell them no, no. <laughs> for you to overcome the emotion of the moment, you need to learn to say no. So I put it this way. Say no to compulsive shopping. Yeah. Some people can shop for Nigeria. Yeah. And now you are heavily indebted because you have spent money that you don't have. Yeah. Also, can you say no to compulsive eating? Look at that image and just say no. No. Yeah. Some people here, they've been telling you say no to junk food. Don't eat this again. Don't eat that again. And just to say no is a problem. And you know it's weakening the health of your body. There's no wisdom in that. Yeah. There's no wisdom in that. No, it's all you just need to do. No, no. They say, do you want this? No. Force the no. No. (laughs) Let's force it out. Sometimes you will have said it no before you realize that you said it. They say, you said no. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Praise God. Somebody here also needs to say no to uncontrollable anger. Yeah, all those ones that make all the ways to come out. Anger. Yeah. Somebody will say, eh, that's how we are in my family. We're always very angry. No. Say no. Say no. Some people have engaged this kind of anger before, burst a blood vessel, and then went home uninvited. You know what I'm saying. Some people get to everyone and say, ah, what happened? So we we need to be careful. You need to be able to say no. No is, that word means deliverance. That's what it means. It's a word that means deliverance. That I can deliver myself. Deliver myself from this thing. Deliver myself from that thing. Say no. No. And lastly, say no to seduction. Mm, Of different types. From seduction on emotional issues, relationship, to seduction with money. Yeah. Yeah. Because when the emotion of the movement takes charge, you live in a house, you feel this house is too small, but just managing. Uh-huh. Somebody now says, oh, let's do this something. You know, you just sign something. You, a few millions will be come to your account. And, you see, and you'll be able to get a bigger house. And the, the devil keeps telling you it's good. You know that house is, everybody is just looking for space. But you know you can say yes there, and they move to that house, and you will not be able to sleep. Yeah. Because anytime time they say they're changing, the F.C.C. chairman you won't be able to sleep. Yeah. What's the point in living in a house where you can't sleep well? I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, Somebody else may be that you are no longer driving your car. is the one driving you. And now you just, you can endure that for a bit. If the car is driving you, let him drive you just for a moment. This one too will come to pass. And you can't because of that. Now go and just allow that feeling of willingness and inconvenience to make you do something that is wrong that can destroy your career. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, so if the car is driving, let him drive, let him drive you small. If you just drive you for a few months, then you start to drive another one. Yeah, legitimately. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So you say no, no. It's very important, extremely important, that we're able to say no. Glory be to Jesus. So I wanted to say this out loud with me. Say this out loud with me. Let it come on screen. Say this out loud with me. Say I'm not a feeling. I'm a spirit. spirit. Let's start again. I want everybody to participate. Say, I'm not a feeling. I'm a a spirit. spirit. Feelings may change. But the truth remains the same. same. Say, the word of God God is the same forever. forever. Say, I'm not moved by what I feel. I feel. I am and will forever be moved Only by the word of God. Lift your right hand up to Jesus this afternoon and just ask for uh, a fresh flow of wisdom into your life. Somebody here, come against the spirit of Edom. In whatever way it may be manifesting over your life, come against it. I set myself free from the spirit of Edom. In the name of the Lord Jesus, not going to be ruled only by my feelings. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to take charge of my emotions. I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to take charge of my decisions. I embrace the wisdom of God in a new dimension. I embrace the wisdom of God in a new dimension. Somebody receive the Spirit of wisdom this afternoon. Receive the Spirit of wisdom this afternoon. Receive the Spirit of wisdom this afternoon. Ask God for wisdom. James chapter 1 and verse 5. Is there any lack of wisdom? Let him ask of God. Will you ask this out to the Lord? Give me wisdom in my career. Give me wisdom for my marriage. Give me wisdom. Wisdom in my friendships. Give me wisdom in parenting. Give me wisdom to manage business relationships. Somebody needs to ask God for wisdom to manage your own life. Wisdom to manage your emotions. That this season of wisdom, the wisdom of God will not elude you. That His grace will be consistently made available for you. Last day this afternoon, somebody needs to pray for grace, for endurance. Whatever you need to endure. In whichever way that you have uh, suffered any kind of delay. Ask God for grace to be able to endure. Since says we must endure hardship as good soldiers of Christ. Grace to endure a bad boss. Grace to endure a harsh environment. Grace to endure persecution. Will you ask God for grace today to endure? For endurance. Endurance is the fruit of the spirit. Father, we bless your name. Lift your two hands with me this afternoon. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak a blessing over this congregation. Freely we have received and freely we give. So I command a release of grace over everyone under the influence of my voice. Let the influence of the spirit of Edom be destroyed over our lives. As our world is sinking down under permissive living, we receive grace. To so swim against that tide that it may not overwhelm us. We bind the spirit of weariness. The overwhelming feeling of negative emotions. We stand against it in the name of Jesus. We receive the joy of the Lord into every heart. We receive strength into everyone's spirit. And we declare this afternoon that we are only going to be led by your spirit. Only spirit will release ourselves to you. As we go into this new week, guide our steps. Let our decisions be accurate. Make our judgment calls sound. In everything that we do this week, let your presence make all the difference. And let your name be glorified. Thank you for a new level of wisdom. We bless you, our Father.